Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Next In Line podcast brought to you by the RFK Sports Podcast Network. And uh, today in the booth, you've just got me, Adam Davis, uh, to talk to you about Loudon and all of the fun that we're having as fans. Um, it's a tough time. It, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. There, it's a tough time in, in our club's history. It's a tough time in, uh, in everything that's going on. But, um, you know, we're, we're still here and we're still rooting on a team. Uh, I think that this is one of the few episodes where uh, I think I know the name of the episode in in perfect contrast to what's happening, perfect perfectly aligned with what's happening right now and, and in current events. And um, so I'll tell you right now ahead of time. You already know this because you've clicked on it. But um, I'm entitling this. Uh, it's the hope that kills you, and uh, that's a shout out to a certain Apple TV uh, TV show that has popularized over the last few years, uh, Ted Lasso, and probably the only uh, soccer podcaster who has not seen the final season yet, uh, but but here we are. Um, so nonetheless, it is the hope that is, uh, is is killing us right now, and we're, we're sitting here on the back end of a, of a really rough uh, streak of games. But uh, but but we all know that if you're if you're tuning in right now, you're you're tracking that. So uh, we're watching our team slide down the table, and um, we're we're still out here cheering them on. So um, I'm gonna talk to you about that. I'm gonna talk to you about the 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 two most recent matches, some of the upcoming matches, and maybe some opportunities for Loudon to kind of get back on the track of things and um, and regain some points, maybe regain some momentum and and, and climb back into hopefully a playoff spot. Uh, where we currently are not. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the transactions that have occurred over the last week or two. Um, and uh, a little bit about uh, the most recent match, I think I'm going to talk about some of the lineup changes and, and uh, the, the situation that's, that, that evolved into what is the current starting lineup for Loudoun United against uh, Monterey Bay. So to start off, um, since the last time, at least I've recorded an episode, Adam Mendelovitz obviously is recording on, on the other weeks and uh, is covering as well. But since I've last recorded, I have not spoken about, uh, or we were waiting for the, the result of the Pittsburgh match, a, a team that was is, is flying um, really high right now in the Eastern Conference uh, runnings. Right now, I, think, I believe they've moved up to maybe second or third in the... The, where the, sta- the table stands right now. Um, it was a, t- a game that was going to be a very rough one to play, even though we were at home. Um, a great showing for that Saturday night match uh, and a, a really good performance overall by the team, you have to say. Um, a couple of mishaps here and there. A couple of defenders just not making their, their runs back or tracking back at times. Um, and uh, a 78th minute goal. You know that uh, that that was the difference. You know it, it was it was the the feel of of a Loudon in years past, where you know a single goal made the difference of a, of, a, of a very good match. You know a, t- a a team that we played against that uh, should have you know on paper cleaned us up, but of course we know that this Loudon roster, similar to Loudon rosters in years past, is uh, is tactically proficient and and know this sport and are capable of beating any team. Um, on the table, something I'll probably say a couple times this podcast, but uh, but didn't, and um, the result is another loss, uh, you know, of ground, uh, another zero point outing, um, and Pittsburgh takes all three points and, and heads back home. Um, I think the biggest news of that match was having Panos back starting, and uh, what turned out to be his swan song in uh, a Loudon kit, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, now nah, we'll get to it right now. We'll jump right into so. Um, Overall, a solid performance all around, um, but 
you know, again, a loss. And uh, shortly after, a few days after that um, that match, uh, we learned that a, a series of transactions occurred. And the first being uh, Panos Armanakis, the star uh, Greek and slash Australian slash American born, <laughs> um, a little bit of everybody, a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, uh, number ten for Loud United was was traded to Phoenix Rising, and um, in, in, a, in a move that I think maybe confused a lot of pundits around the league. Um, arguably one of the best players in the league right now, um, despite being on a team that's that's uh, struggling and suffering. Um, he's, he's arguably one of the best players on our team as well. There's been a couple players who have outperformed him in certain um, attributes, right? He's not a striker, so he you don't expect him to have more goals than Zach or Tommy, but he has provided more opportunities than most players in the league. I think only one or two more than uh, have, have, have numbers better than him. He is a, a ball-distributing player um, who is excelling and demonstrating that uh, he could play at a much higher level than the than, than USL Championship. I think he was a player that we always kind of knew wasn't going to stick around for long, but you kind of hoped would be the entirety of the 2023 season. Um, but that was just not the case. Uh, a lot of folks wondering why. Um, we may wonder why for a very long time what the rationale behind uh, his sale and his trade was, um, considering there was no player transaction that occurred on the, in the other direction. I, I think it's just probably as simple as uh, the, the valuation on a very good player continued to grow and Loudon may not be necessarily looking at this season as a potential championship season where they may have thought that in the first seven or eight games of the season that this there was potential for that. Now they're thinking of uh, cashing in on a player while they can. And, and as his number and value continued to grow, they, they took uh, an offer that was probably substantial enough uh, to make them turn their heads. And so Phoenix Rising gets a really talented uh, number 10 who won't be wearing number 10. He'll be wearing 21. Um, and in uh, an odd turn of favor, as the sports gods always do, uh, his final match for Loudon was hosting Pittsburgh. And his first match for Phoenix was against Pittsburgh, but away. Uh, so... He trekked north and met the team in Pittsburgh and played the final nah, 15, 20 minutes and didn't have a, a ton of contributions in that match, but he only got a short period and it was his new squad and his new jersey and everything. Um, and the commentators, I think, multiple times missed that he was on the ball or was passing the ball. Um, but, you know, a couple errant passes here and there. And nonetheless, you know, he's, he's new to the squad. I, I think he will have great success in Phoenix and I wish him the best. Um, you know, very unfortunate. I want to be bitter about it, but I, I will choose not to be. Um, but this is not the Penos Armanakis show. This is the Next In Line podcast. So we're going to talk about the team that he left behind. And um, f- shortly after the Panos uh, sale, there was an announcement that had been hinted at in, in Twitter space and Twitter world for a few days at this point. Um, and there was another move for um in a series of moves that have now uh, been dc players moving toward uh, loudon you know first being hayden sarge's coming over uh, in, in uh, a, a wonky haphazard trade for taking kasao samake back to audi field who has been playing most of the games since he's come back um and then jackson hopkins of course coming in and playing any minutes uh, right, right immediately against hartford where he has also played against Pittsburgh and Monterey in the most recent game. And the most recent now transaction and, and um, 
season long, you hope season long loan. They don't announce these things, but season long loan is uh, Matai Akinboni, who had great success in Loudon uh, kits in years past. Great success in the DC Academy um, is so, is I believe the number two most valuable center back. Um, you look at the value based on like I, I look at Transfer Marked, uh, which is an online um, transfer tracking website, and they put him at that value partially because of how young he is, so the upside so massive. Um, but you know, you look at him and like Josh Widener, Widener, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, who's playing in the U20 World Cup right now for the U.S. squad, um, are probably the two most valuable center backs. So having him in the squad is is huge. Um, he is a tall young lad. Um, he is big. He is domineering. He has bodied MLS atta- uh, opposing attacking players uh, in, in every opportunity he's gotten. He got a couple starts early in the season, I believe. When there were some injuries strewn across that back line, um, this is—I haven't spoke highly enough. I think about some of the transactions and, and names coming down from DC. This is a big, big get for us, uh, especially in, in the continued absence of our starting center backs. Um, he's a player that can play wide. Uh, I believe he's left-footed too. Um, he can play at left back, um, maybe even left wing back. I don't—I don't think I could—I would see uh, Coach Martin putting him there, but. This is a big grab and and helps I think ease the pain of uh, Panos's loss. So, um, yeah. So we got that. We got transactions um, in, in a, a midweek kind of hustle and then a hustle and bustle and and then we we turn our uh, our faces toward uh, an away match, a far away match, um, probably the the longest that the team's gonna have to trek all season in in Monterey Bay, California. Um, in what was maybe I'm the only person who is just appalled by the uh, the, um, the the fans and the booing and the behavior, but uh, I, I know that there's been issues with, with Loudon fans in the past, so I, I, will, I will hold my own, but I, I get a little a little salty and a little uh, bummed about that when that kind of stuff happens. Um, you don't, you don't want, you want, you want people to go out, you want them to root on players and, and maybe a little boo here and there, but um, not every time every player's on the ball and, um, and just be disrespectful, but but hey, you know, again, I'm being salty because, uh, as you probably know, because you have a scoreboard app somewhere on your phone, we lost, and so that is uh, that is my place to be salty. Um, uh, an early uh, first half goal uh, from Monterey kind of uh, seemed to to shake the, the squad a bit. They were dominating us in the first 20, 25 minutes. It didn't look like we would have many chances, but as as uh, Coach Martin teams um, often do, they do get chances and they do have opportunities and um a, a play set up by Matai Akinboni out of the back um to, to Jackson Hopkins and a a, a quite uh, I don't want to say brilliant but a quite professional maybe um I mean, it had everything about it. it was it was clean it was crisp it was perfectly weighted a, a very professional um ball was passed in straight down the middle um to uh Khalil Elmedkar and Khalil Elmedkar did uh, what he hasn't always done this season. I've been critical of him, I think, um, and in his finishing, but just beautifully placed this ball. I mean, just absolutely did did what you want from an attacking player. Um, you, you look you look at Khalil right now, and you look at someone who might be able to, to, to pull us out of the rut that we're in. Um, he's having consistently good performances. I've got him tracked. I, I do man of the match tracking, even if uh, we lose a match, um, just for Loudon, not for the whole... Uh, matchup and he's got I think the most on the team right now at like something like four or five um so so yeah um so you got that 
lineup issues in the beginning. You know, Giannis Learman traveled out there but didn't start. Um, so he had kind of a wonky-looking back line. Um, I don't think it was the back line that Coach Martin probably wanted to use. Um, I, I think he probably wanted Learman starting, um, maybe with Matai Akinboni. Maybe Matai was going to be out on the, the left-back spot, um, and, uh, and, and, and Bryce and uh, Learman were going to start at center back. Koa started at right back, of course, as, you, as you'd expect. Um, Kawanda started at uh, – Abdul Kawanda started at left back. And, you know, for, for all the brightness that we see out of him uh, it, when he plays in midfield, when he plays in, in two defensive role, he just gets bodied. He's, he's, he's small, he's short, um, and he, he starts to make uh, panic decisions. And um, one of those, I believe, resulted in that first goal. Um, and, and that actually resulted in, in his being subbed at halftime, um, pulled off, and there was a huge uh, shift in, in on the lineup. I think a Aiden Rocha moved out to the left, and uh, everything kind of moved around at that point. But Zane started but didn't play in a defensive role for the first time in uh, a few weeks. He played solely what looked like a, a left wing position. Um, Khalil out on the right. Uh, demonstrating that he is capable of, of playing both wings and kind of all over the place. Um, presumably, he is the heir apparent now to uh, Panos's right wing spot. Um, so you had Aiden and uh, Jeremy Gray both starting in the mid, and, and um, Gray showed progress, continued progress. I've, I've spoken harshly about him early in the season, and I've spoken better and better. I think each week he demonstrated that he continues to uh, progress in his uh, ability to possess the ball and and drive uh, a counterattack out of our own <laughs> third, our own box um, in, in ways that make me nervous at times without being able to be on the field and, and see the depth of, of where opposing players are. But um, seeing Gray out there and, and continue to progress is, is making me uh, a happy boy. And um, so, yeah, you got the, the Hopkins to Khalil goal that – that leveled the game 1-1, uh, and, um, you know, a, a later goal, I, I don't remember the exact, I don't have the stats pulled up. Uh, if I were perhaps a better podcast host, I would have them up, but I, I believe a goal somewhere in the, the late 70, 70-ish minutes um, kind of put the game away. It was it was 2-1 at that point, and, and uh, well, they, they scored it, making it 2-1, and you can kind of see, that the behavior uh, amongst the players immediately was deflated. You know, they're, they're on a streak of, of losses, um, and uh, they were playing against a, a team that was kind of beating them up, and they, I don't think that they had a fully healthy bench. Um, Zach Ryan did get to come on, even though he didn't start. Uh, you can tell he's not at 100%, um, or if he is at 100% health, he's not giving it his 100%. Um, I, I don't think that's the case, especially having met and, and interviewed him uh, I, I really don't think that is the case. I think he's he's still uh, nursing a, a bit of injury. Uh, I think it was a hamstring situation. <clears throat> so, yeah, and, and, and it just crumbled from there. Uh, you know, they, they scored in, I think, the 88th or 89th minute, and then again in the 91st um, in, in stoppage. That 91st minute goal was uh, from their leading goal scorer, Alex Dixon, off of the bench. Um, and fun fact about that, he moved with it. I think that was his eighth or ninth goal he moved into second overall in the league um so he didn't even start him against us i'm not sure what his deal is maybe he's injured too but uh, they didn't even start alex dixon against us and they still threw him on at the end and he got a goal um it was just a breakdown it was just a collapse and you know that that does happen i i, I won't 
not blaming the players. That does happen when you get later in games and you start to push forward and uh, try to create opportunities, but it didn't feel good uh, for a game that we were in, as is the case, right, for most of these situations, a game that we were in for the majority of, and um, uh, we left 4-1, you know, a loss 4-1. Uh, you know, this was, this was a case I think a lot of people didn't like Hernan Lozada at D.C. because um, he, he was the person who would go for wins. He didn't play back defensively. This is not Jose Mourinho ball. Um, and I think that you see a little bit of that still with, with Coach Martin. You know, if he goes down, you know, he's, he's thinking to himself, oh, no, I need points. I, I'm going to do whatever I can. He's going to start firing players forward and taking chances. And those chances, you know, sometimes they pan out and sometimes they expose your defense. Um, and right now, more often than not, they're exposing defenses. Um, so it's a tough time to be a Loudon fan. It's a tough time to be a Loudon player. Um, you know, we empathize with the players who are also going through this this, this rough patch. Uh, you know, sometimes I think fans forget that they're they're humans and that they, uh, you know, they also struggle. So um, that loss to Monterey Bay makes it eight losses in a row um, in total across all competitions. You have to say that because one match, uh, the third of the eight, was against Columbus Crew um, in a shellacking that was in the back of. Caso Samake's swan song um, and uh, farewell via red card. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's seven losses in a row on, in the USL Championship, eight total in all co- competitions. Um, in that time, across those eight games, we have only scored five goals. I think only two or three of them, maybe two, have been actually from open play, meaning the rest were penalties. Um uh, it, that's tough. That's a tough one. You know, we're not we're not effective on, on set plays right now. We're we're not uh, doing a good job of getting the ball and if we're getting the great, great opportunities. We're creating opportunities left and right, but we're not finishing them. Um, we're not being lethal enough. We're we're, we're taking over possession uh, in, in the midfield. We're, we're taking over possession in uh, in the final third too. I mean, we I think we are number one in the league. Loudon United is number one in the league. For possession one in the final third, or in the opposing third, I guess is what you would call it. Um, and that's an average per match. That's 5.7 times per match. We are leading the league in that, and yet our goals are still suffering. Um, so that, that says a lot that we're not capitalizing on these opportunities. Um, so again, a- across that time, across those eight matches, those eight losses, that's five goals scored in total and 21 goals conceded. Those are... Those are relegation numbers. Um, there's no sugarcoating it. You know, I, I love this team. I love I love everyone. You know, I, I, and I will always uh, do what I can <laughs> to, to demonstrate that love. But that those are those are just terrible numbers, um, and that hurts. So um, hopefully, we, we see uh, an, an uptick in the coming ma- matches and games. Um, the upcoming matches, we've got Tulsa, who a team that beat us up really, really bad um, at their home. But it's a team that we can beat. They have not done great recently. Neither had Monterey Bay. We were on a six-game, you know, loss streak or whatever it was at the time. Going into that, they were in a six-game winless streak. They had tied four and lost two. Um, not as bad, obviously, but they were looking for that win and they emphatically got it. Tulsa is another team that hasn't done great in the the last few weeks. Um, they're in eighth right now. Miami is a team that has had its ups and downs. They're in ninth right now. We got Birmingham, who's a team who's in sixth. They were in first for a while, and then we beat them, and they've just fizzed since then. They are the, the team that probably has the second worst record in the last few weeks to us, obviously having the worst. <clears throat> I think they've lost their last five matches, Birmingham. So 
That's three weeks' time from now. But Birmingham, who's in sixth, there's, there's hope there. And then we got Tampa, who's in fourth. And they're flying high. They're, they're maybe one of the best teams right now in the league and, and they're in the recent weeks. Um, then we got Charleston, who's in first in the East. Um, they're a team that's just doing doing the things. They're doing the, all the things. Um, they won't stop doing the things. Um, and, and that's that's a way. Uh, and, and then we got Hartford, who is in 12th, who continues to, no matter what the day of the week it is, what the weather is, what the current performances are, they are a team that continues to have our number, continues to beat us up. Um, and that's not even this month. I, I'm going as far out as to say that it's the sixth match from now that is on July 3rd. And that's the only reason I mentioned it is because it's that, like, 4th of July match. And it's, luckily, it's home, so there's a little bit of hope there. Um, you know, you hope that we can get some points. We can take from the, the, the Tulsa and Miami game. Maybe if we can get three points out of them, four would be amazing. If we could get a point or maybe three from Birmingham, probably won't get any, you know, uh, uh, hosting Tampa. They've always had our number. Um, but like I said earlier in this podcast, we can beat any team in this league. You know, and then the, the final is, uh, is Charleston. I don't see that happening. So hopefully by the time we get to Hartford, there's, there's reason, there's hope. So... Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all for, for today. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate everybody tuning in as always. And, um, yeah, hopefully this thing gets turned around and there's reason to be, uh, happy for the next uh, episode. So, so thanks everybody. And, uh, I'm out.